0: All right. All right. How's everybody doing? See, you guys got kind of beat me on here. I actually logged into, um, looks like I logged into the, to the wrong place. And so um, I'm on the right place now. Keith is here. Clinton is in the house. Uh, Lorraine. Um, Andre Cooper. Uh, Clinton is here early, Uh, Jennifer Jordan, hey Jennifer. Jennifer is here, met with Jennifer, I think it was today I met with Jennifer. Uh, So Jennifer's in the house, Charlene, Jones, Iris, hey Iris, and uh, Justina, okay. All right, so you guys, um, uh, Tori is here, hey Tori. So put your questions um, in the comments section um, Lorraine, put your question um, here in the comment section. I know you had a few questions that you emailed in. And so I'm gonna answer all the all the questions. Um, hey, Dana, all the questions um, that was emailed in and any questions that you guys have um, for tonight. I, I wanna tell you a little story before we get started about Dana. And so we took our platinum, our platinum coaching students um, last Saturday. It's been about a week and a half now um, to see some foreclosed properties that I I had found on um, it was either HUBZoo or Auction.com or um, Ashton Auctions. And these were real live properties that um, if the numbers worked, um, an investor could bid on. And so. We looked at one of the properties in D.C., Marshall Heights, and, and I told them the auction is coming up in about three or four days. This is a good one for you guys to actually bid on. Um, Dana said, I'm gonna bid on this property. And he asked me some questions afterwards, called me a day or two later, and he says, I'm gonna bid. Dana Lewis, you guys, he bid on a property, and he won that property in Marshall Heights, that um, two bedroom, two bath condo. That was, um, it seemed like it had been previously renovated, but needed absolutely no work. Um, Dana bid on the property and he won. So everybody congratulate Dana. Um, that's Dana's first, in, I think it's Dana's first investment property. Um, as part of our platinum coaching program, he, he found. we found the property and Dana won the bid. Go Dana. And so um, he's working out financing and... Um, He's ready to roll. So I think one of the lessons is, <clears throat> as I was telling my agents last night, <clears throat> look, you guys, you got You have to put yourself in a position um, of greatness and you've got to prepare for it. And so Dana has been working on his credit. He's been saving his money. Um, he's been driving for dollars as he drives around. You know, Dana does um, plumbing and HVAC uh, work. He's a mechanic. He does, he does the work for me, uh, for my renovation projects. And so he's just really been preparing himself. He's been preparing himself for greatness. And so that's what we have to do. We've got to put ourselves in the way of greatness and we've got to walk with confidence and that's what um, Dana has done. And he found that property. He had the courage to bid on it. He did all of his due diligence, and he won. And so that's it's it's just wonderful. It's wonderful um, that he won. It's going to be a buy and hold for him, and we'll help him. We'll we'll, you know give him the guidance every step of the way so that he's successful from this point forward. And um, it's good. And so that's what we all have to do. We have to have the confidence in ourselves that we can do this. Um, we've got to put forth the effort. If you need to work on some aspect of being ready, um, that being saving money or credit, if you're doing a buy and hold, um, if you're wholesaling, you guys, you've got to get out there and find these deals. You know, have your cash buyers list so you have someone to um, wholesale these deals to, but you've got to prepare. And so um, Dana prepared himself. And, and he won, and so I want you guys to do that. We need more success stories, more success stories. All right, Dana, so um, you guys have any questions, like I said, um, put them here. Uh, let, me, let me attempt to, uh, I got some long questions this time um, via email, some long questions. Uh, what is the best way to take over a property with a tenant? Um, the loan on a property is assumable. The tenant wants to purchase the home eventually. Uh, do I set a purchase price today for the future? So, a couple of things on this question, you guys. Um, it, it's, it's. I have purchased properties with tenants in there, but it's been it's very rare. But I have done it, and it's and it's worked out for me. Um, but I would advise not to do it. Um, the only reason I did it was because the tenants were paying, they were, they were Section 8 tenants. Section 8 was, was paying market rent and, and the, the property, they were taking good care of the property. Um, I would never buy a property um, and then let the tenants buy back from me. I, I would never do that. And I actually got two questions about that um, for today's meeting. Uh, i got two questions on should i buy the property um, and have the tenants buy it back for me in two or three years um you, you don't want to get caught up on the in that so number one in doing so it's really like a lease option you do set the price now um but i've never ever seen those type of deals work out um, primarily because the um the buyer can't buy now because either they don't have the credit or they don't have the money saved um, or they don't qualify for the loan for one reason or another, generally speaking in two or three years, they're gonna be in the same boat. Um, Doing a deal like that, you should collect some type of deposit, a non-refundable deposit. But by doing so, you guys, you're really setting them up for failure because we already know more than likely they're not gonna qualify and so they're not going to want they're they're going to want that deposit back or, or to go towards the rent or towards the end of that lease option. When they figure out they can't buy, they stop paying the mortgage because they figure you already have a deposit. And so I, I wouldn't do that. I I would I would either say I, and I wouldn't even consider the fact um, I, I haven't seen. They say the loan is assumable. I don't think there's any more assumable loans. There's no more assumable loans. You've got to qualify all over again, and so um, yeah, you definitely have to qualify all over again. Um, let me just reread this to make sure I answered everything. What is the best way to take over a property with the tenant? The loan is assumable. The tenant wants to purchase the home eventually. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get involved in that. I would purchase the property. I would probably only purchased the property with the tenant out. And so I I had a property in Fort Washington, Maryland, a townhouse where there was a tenant in there. The the homeowner um, gave me a call and said, I wanna sell the house. Um, I'm two or three months behind in the mortgage. The tenant hasn't paid me in two or three months. Um, And I looked at the numbers, the numbers were tight. The only way that this deal worked was for me to do a subject to and so for me to take over the mortgage and make the mortgage payments bring it current make the mortgage payments fix the house up and then sell the house and pay off their mortgage give them ten thousand dollars upon selling the subject to agreement and then give them another ten thousand dollars when we sell the house they agreed to that but the only stipulation was I'm not doing this deal unless the tenants are out, and so they they finally got the tenants out. Um, when I paid the arrearage to bring the mortgage current, the numbers still worked for me, and they only worked the numbers were tight, but they only worked because there was only one settlement. Once I renovated the house and sold the house, that was the only settlement, and so I saved settlement cost on the front end. I save fees, uh, mortgage fees, points, interest. <clears throat> from like a hard money lender because I took over their mortgage. So I bought the house subject to the existing mortgage. I kept the existing mortgage on the property, but I, I didn't buy this with the tenant in there. That would that would have been a big headache. And so they got the tenant out. I renovated the property, um, paid them $10,000 to come to settlement and sign the settlement documents. And so that that's how I did mine. And that's how I would recommend doing, doing this if I was you guys. And so Quentin is asking the question. I'm not sure if you guys can see this question. With the subject to, um, are you putting um, a lien on the title? Yeah, I put some type of lien on the title to make sure that they can't sell it up from under me. And so yes, you can use the contract to put a lien on the property. And you generally put a lien um, really in the amount of what your expenditure is. So let's let's say I spent $20,000 um, on renovations for that house, probably spend another $10,000 um, in mortgage and utilities and things like that. So I would probably put a lien on that property. I'd probably put a lien on that property for $30,000 just to recoup my money just in case they try to sell it up from under me the lien would stop them from doing that. Um, of course, you know when we did go to settlement, I just simply uh, released the lien, and everything was fine. So I released the lien. All right. So that answers uh, Quentin's question. All right. So um, Dana has a question. Should should we be purchasing in our LLC? I was just informed. Uh, by the lender that my possibility of finances decreases when purchasing in an LLC. Yeah, I I would say that's correct, Um, Dana, in D.C., in D.C., you should be purchasing in your name. Um, Actually, uh, Tarsha ran into a big issue with that, so give her a call. Um, I I know you've been talking to her uh, on the mortgage and title side. But give her a call she she bought a property a couple years ago in an llc and when she went to refinance it was just a big it was a big mess in dc so um in dc it's just um transfer transfer taxes and things like that um financing oftentimes it's just better um, putting it in your name unless dana you're using a um community lender Um, They prefer you to put it in LLC. I think I was telling you about Sandy Spring Bank um, and then there's Eagle Bank, Industrial Bank. They prefer it to be in an LLC. So my line of credit is actually in an LLC. So if you use a community bank, I would say um, put it in an LLC. If not, definitely probably put it in your name. Um here's another question. He said he said he lost out big time buying with the house occupy with the owner whom had foreclosed. It was um an auction property years ago. And so and so Dana's saying he bought it looks like he bought a property with the tenants in there. Um and he said he lost out. And so I, I have I actually have an opportunity to buy a house tomorrow at an at an auction. Um that's right across the street from the house my daughter just purchased in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. It's directly across the street, um, it's on, I believe it's on auction.com. And the auction period is open now. It's open until tomorrow. My only hesitation in the auction, and the auction starts off less than half of what my daughter bought her house for. But there's a ten, there's I don't know if it's a tenant in there or the homeowner. So I drove by on Sunday, and on auction.com it says clearly says that there's a tenant in there, and sure enough, I pulled up, the front door's open, people are going in and out, and so I'm I'm a little hesitant. I'm going to watch it and see how low it 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 um it is, and if it's low enough, I might take a risk uh, because eventually I'm going to have to evict them. Offer them cash for keys or something. I generally don't do that on an auction property because if they lawyer up, they could be there for a year. And so the ends have to justify the means. If I can get the property for really ha- try to get it for about maybe half of as much as what my daughter bought hers for, and she got a deal. You know, she bought hers for one hundred and fifty. ARV is three hundred. So you know, if I can get a deal, it might be worth. Um, you know fighting these tenants to get out because good thing about um buying an auction property if, if there's a good thing about buying, about buying an auction property or any other kind of property with the tenant in there one thing it tells me is the house doesn't need generally speaking the house doesn't need a lot of work it's just cosmetic work um generally speaking it, it um that's what it means that they're keeping up with the property. From the outside, it did look like they're keeping up with the property. Um, also, buying a, a property that's occupied also generally means that you're not really competing against a lot of other investors. Most investors, rightly so, uh, they, they, they don't want to deal with um, properties that are occupied, and, and I get it. And so it's a risky proposition. But if you can get the property low enough, it, it could be worth it if you've got money to put down and just kind of wait I mean you can you'll eventually you'll definitely um, eventually get them out of the property, but um, it is risky. So I don't, I don't know that I would buy um, a property with tenants in there, but you just you just kind of weigh the pros and cons. All right, Kevin and Tamika, um, can you give some examples of how to structure a joint venture? Um, for example, if we are paying the purchase price and the other party is paying the renovation costs. Um, so you, you, can, you can joint venture um, with another party. I do, I do it all the time and so it's a good question. And we do have um, a joint venture agreement that you can use. It should be in your toolkit. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're putting up the money um, for acquisition or the purchase price, it just depends on how you're doing it. Are you paying cash for acquisition um, or are you financing? Are you getting that financing and you're putting up, say, $10,000, dollars $20,000 to get the financing? Um, in terms of renovation costs is your partner, the other, the joint venture partner, um, is the renovation cost equal to the amount that you're putting up for acquisition. And if it's equal to that, then, then yes, you split the profits 50, 50. So you, you split the, the um, profits 50, 50, if they're putting up 50% of the money in terms of renovation costs, you're putting up 50% of the money in terms of down payment and closing costs on, on the loan, then yeah, it's split. The profits are split 50, 50, but in the end, if you're putting up say 60% of the cash and they're putting up 40%, then that's how you split. That's how you split. And then you also consider, are both of you guys going to manage the project together Or is one partner going to manage, do more of the managing of the contractors? So time and sweat equity is also considered. And so Kevin and Tamika, we can talk offline um, to go, you know, to get more into this. But it really depends on the percentage of the monies that are put up. Now, I recently did a deal with a contractor where... The contractor was my joint venture partner. Now, I got the acquisition. I paid for the acquisition. I actually got a loan and um, a hard money loan. And I put up, I think it was around $20,000 um, for closing costs. Because a hard money loan for me was no money down. I just had to pay closing. The contractor took care of all the renovations. Um and all the renovation costs. Like they took care of all the renovations. And so just in kind of labor and material costs came up to about equal to what I paid, And we, we split the profits 50-50. We split the profits 50-50. But I have had some deals where um, I've, I've split the profits. I mean, I've had some where, some joint ventures where they put up all the money all the money my partner put up they gave me cash for acquisition and repair costs and we still split the profits 50-50 because you know i used my crew and my time to manage the project they wanted someone that had an expertise on flipping prop um, projects properties to to manage the project to bring their crew and so i did all that They put up all the money. I managed the contractors. I made sure we got permits and inspections. And so I went through all of that, Um, listed the property, sold the property, and we still we split it 50-50. And so it just kind of depends on, you know, really who's doing what. But it sounds like for what you're doing, it just depends on how much money, you know, each partner's putting up. And so, if that doesn't answer your question, Kevin and Tamika, then just you know, just just catch me offline. All right, Gary has a question. He says he's got his current home. Um, he got my, I got my current home at the auction eleven years ago. Um, the owner is still there. Wow, that's interesting. The owner is still there. Was fortunate. Um, Cash for keys. She left. I, I was the only bidder because it was occupied. Um, if it was empty, would it would have been outbid? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, the owner was still there. Okay. All right. So what Gary is saying is his current home he bought at an auction, um, and just like I said, the the uh, current owners was still there. Um. He offered her cash for keys, and she left. He was the only bidder because everybody else stayed away. So, so properties. I think you may have talked me into um, bidding on this property, uh, Gary. And so, um, and so he won the bid because he was the only one to bid. He took a chance. He got lucky. He took a chance um, that the um, that the tenants would take cash for keys. But he did that and they, and they left and most of the times they do because most of the times the owner or the tenants they don't they don't want to face eviction they don't want to come home the threat of coming home one day with their stuff out on the streets and so um, so that worked out And so um, I'm glad you shared that um Gary so it's given me some confidence in you know maybe buying this 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 southern property if, if the numbers were. All right, so Kevin and okay, all right. So yeah, you guys get on my schedule. Um, Kevin and Tamika, just go to gbschedule.com, gbschedule.com to um to get on my schedule. All right, so that's a good story. That that's a good story, um, Gary. All right, so let's see. I, I actually got a a a bunch of questions on creative financing. So you guys are really into creative finance. Actually, got three questions um, on creative financing. So Hatman asked about subject twos. So I, I think I gave an example on on how to buy a subject two. And but let me just expound on that just a little bit. Um, some of you may think that because you don't have the credit, that you can't flip a property and you can't get financing. And so that's just not true. You can use creative financing strategies that we talk about, and subject two is one of them. And so when I got that property that I just described, I didn't show any credit. The bank didn't even know that I was taking over the mortgage payment. All the bank knew is, oh, they brought their mortgage current. Well, I brought the mortgage current, and oh, they're paying their mortgage on time now. Well, I was paying on time. But I put those, put that money into my equation, into my formula to make sure I was still getting a good deal, and so I was. But I, and and then on the, on the front end, I saved money, you know, as I told you on not having to get my own financing, not going through, um, not going through settlement things like that. And so uh, Hatman also asked um, about seller financing. And so seller financing, you guys, is is really good as well. So I've done a few. Actually, my very first property that I bought at 23 years old was seller finance. I I saw an ad, and you guys probably heard me tell the story. I saw an ad in the Washington Post, and I just read uh, a gentleman by the name of Carlton Sheets. I just read um, some of his information on creative financing strategies. I went to DuPont Circle and negotiated with a homeowner on a seller financing deal. Talk about bold, but also talk about confident. I was 23. And, and so what I was able to negotiate was um, I I would, um, they own the property, I believe they own the property free and clear, or maybe they had a small mortgage on it. Um, I negotiated um, an interest only payment for five years um, and then paying off the balloon and um, that five year period. And so they agreed. Um, I, I believe it was a market where houses, it was tough to sell houses. And so I offered this and they bid and I had a property and I rented it out. I was living in Adams Morgan Keith Keith is on the line. Keith Keith is on here. He'll tell you about my efficiency apartment in Adams Morgan and, and I loved it. And I kept that efficiency apartment 20, what was the address, Keith? 2901 or something like that. 28 2901 um, 18th Street. But anyway, I kept it in the family for years. Like after I lived there, Keith lived there, cousin lived there. Like we just kept that little efficiency apartment. <laughs> Um but anyway, my very first deal and, and so after the five years, I refinanced, paid off the balloon, and and kept the property. And so <coughs> that's owner financing, where the where the owner is the bank. Now we do owner financing a little different now, where it's not a it's really not a balloon loan. <coughs> the um we amortize the um payments uh over over 30 years. <coughs> So the payments that are made every month is principal and interest. And so I prefer it that way because now with that five, let's say it's for five years, we generally now only do them for two years, but within that two years, you're still paying down on the principal that's on that mortgage now. So you're paying, so after that two-year period, you're actually paying off less um, than um, what that mortgage balance is. And then after that two year period, you know, you have options. The number one option is to get a mortgage, pay that mortgage off. If there's a mortgage on the property or give that lump sum of money um, to the current homeowner. I mean, but you can also put the property on the market, sell it and pay off the pay to homeowner. Um, So, um, you know, the terms have kind of changed. Uh, Hatman did ask, do we have forms? I do have forms. And so I do have seller financing forms. Should be in your toolkit. But if you can't find it, just send me a quick text message or email and we'll send that to you. Um, Justina is saying um, she's done some of those owner financing. Um, she says 30 yeah, 30, 30 year term is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I, I got a lot of questions about that, you guys. And so you guys are really into um, creative financing strategies, Um, lease options um, are a part of that. So we got lease options subject to seller financing, um, um, personal uh, private lending, where we get an individual to put up the money that's private lending. So we get money from private lenders. And so there's a whole host of different strategies, different scenarios. Um, To do creative financing where you really don't have to go to a bank to get the money. And so stop making an excuse that you don't have the finances to do it, to, to flip a property or even hold a property. I did a subject to in only Maryland in, in uh, Montgomery County years ago. It was a townhouse. Um, I did a subject to and I held the property um, as a subject to for two years. I rented it out. To Section 8 for two years and never got financed. And I used existing financing and and it worked out. After two years, I re I believe I refinanced and paid the homeowner off. And he was he was fine with that. And so there's there's and so here's why it's so important, you guys, and probably why I'm getting so many questions. Um, there's going hopefully there's going to be kind of unfortunately uh, influx of inventory uh, coming in the next couple months um, there's a moratorium on foreclosures that go through next next week June 1st and if President Biden doesn't extend the moratorium now banks are able to you um, foreclose on people. So there's going to be short sales, there's going to be pre-foreclosures, and there's going to be a ton of foreclosures, ton of foreclosures. But then also there's a moratorium on evictions. And so I believe a lot of states, a lot of cities, a lot of counties are going to lift that moratorium as well. And so a lot of landlords are going to be um, evicting tenants and selling their properties if if they're not all already um, you know, up for foreclosure um, because tenants aren't paying and, and they know they don't have to pay because they know they can't get evicted. But once that's lifted in the next few months, you're going to see a ton of properties. And so, as I said on the outset, you guys look, get ready i was telling you about dana putting himself in a position where when opportunity presented itself he was able to take advantage of those opportunities of that opportunity there's going to be opportunity get yourself ready financially and i'll talk about finances in a second but get yourself ready financially you guys because the opportunities are going to be here if you are a wholesaler. There's, there are already cash buyers I mean I get I'm a cash buyer but I get cash buyers calling me every single day wanting deals oh, do you have anything? do you have anything because they know how hot the market is um, And so if you're a wholesaler, you've got a ton of cash buyers that are paying top dollar. normally um, cash buyers are paying 70% of the after repair value minus repair costs. Um, There's some that are paying 75, some that are paying, depending on the area, 80, actually paying 80 percent of the after repair value minus repair cost, the mail formula. And so let's find these properties on the marketing side. Let's brand ourselves. You've got to brand yourself. Everybody that, you know, needs to know that this is what you do. Everybody that you know needs to know that you're a real estate investor and you can buy houses fast, you can buy them for top dollar. Now, whether you can or not doesn't matter because you can wholesale those deals. Let me take take a look. I, I'm just noticing Keith put the whole address in the comment section, 2901 18th Street, put the apartment number 407. We love that apartment. Um, anyway. Um, so you've got to do some marketing, you guys. Um, branding is one social media branding. I was with Charles Nichols today, he had a mask that said we buy houses. he had a shirt on that said we buy houses. He was a walking billboard, had a hat that said realtor. He was a walking billboard. and so that's what you have to do. You've got to get the word out. you cannot be afraid um, to get the word out. you cannot. so, It's not just um, primarily networking and branding yourself, but then also you should be sending postcards out to absentee owners. You can get a list of pre-foreclosures. You can get a list of homeowners who own their houses free and clear in any zip code, sending postcards out to them. Um, Either you call or get a virtual assistant to call um, that same list. You can use that list. If you can get a list um, that has the addresses and the phone numbers, you can do the mailings and let your virtual assistant do the calling for you. And so those are some of the things on the marketing side you should be doing um, along with the auctions. Like most of our students are finding properties at the auction. So that's what you have to do. Dana just won one um another agent she won one at the courthouse steps uh, another agent one actually um Allison I don't know if Allison is on the call or not but she won one um at Ashton auctions I think Dana's was Ashton auctions another one um at hubzoo hubzoo.com and so the auctions are working the auctions are working you guys but networking is working as well so you've got to network all right. Any other questions you guys um, have, or any other questions that I missed? Um, Doreen, if you want to ask the not uh, wasn't Doreen, um, who was it? It was uh, Lor- Lor- Lorraine. L- Lorraine, if you have a question, just put it in the comment section. Um, I'm not sure if we answered your question or not. Um, Real quick, real quick, let me mention, uh, and I know I probably mentioned this last week or the week before, but I just want to touch on um, financing. Just want to touch on financing real quick. Um, You may be wholesaling now, but there's going to come a time soon that it's going to be time for you to buy and hold and I want you guys to do that. And so I want you guys to put yourself in a position where you can buy and hold. And so you've gotta get financing in order to do that. And so where are you gonna get financing? You need to get long-term financing. Um, You can get that from either using a line of credit um, or um, using one of the traditional banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, to give you investor loan. We, we actually have a product with, with our mortgage company um, that can assist you with long-term financing. You can always use the Burr method, um, and we mention this all the time, I'll just mention it really quickly. So the Burr method, BRRRR. So one of our properties, I actually, um, so I actually have a property in Annapolis that I actually use hard money to purchase the property and to do the renovations. And so that, that um, hard money loan was for six months. I renovated the property uh, within that six months. I um, rented the property out within that six months. And then when that loan was due, I refinanced into permanent financing, which was my line of credit. And so I refinanced, got all my cash back, and then I repeated the process with the same money. That's the Burr method, you buy it, renovate it, rent it, refinance, it, and repeat the process. You know, I've done that with numerous properties in Baltimore where I actually have paid cash. And so some of the students have seen two of my properties where I actually paid cash. I was telling a couple people Sunday that both myself and some other investors we combine. So those two properties I'm actually going to hold, <clears throat> I'm going to rent. So I, I paid cash for them. Um, we've renovated them. We're in a process. We just passed the lead inspection. We just passed an inspection for the city. We're, we're um, now going to rent them out section eight. And so I'm going to, I have a third property in another section of Baltimore that I also own free and clear. I'm going to get one loan for all three of the properties, just one loan for all the three properties, and just make that one payment. So I'm going to combine those three um, to make one payment. So you you save a lot of costs by doing that. And, And actually one property more than pays for the whole note. Um, the, the monthly note. So the cash flow is incredible um, doing it that way. And so so that's an, also an option when you're buying multiple properties and um, you're fine, you're using the burn method. Um, also also with financing um, on our flips we're using hard money. We can use hard money lenders. We have them. If you need a hard money lender, let me know. And so we have the hard money lenders you, you can also use um, rehab loans from banks and and, and so on um, And so um, so on your flips that that's how we're that's how we're financing our flips that way through um, through uh, fix and flip we're, we're financing uh, I mean I'm sorry through through um, hard money loans. And I and on flips, I also use my line my line of credit. Um, obviously, with wholesaling, we're, we're not looking, you know, we're not financing. The cash buyers are financing them. Um, but look, um, get your credit scores up. Work on your credit. Get your credit scores up. Save your money. If you're wholesaling, use your use your wholesale fees for for your cash to close on your buying holds. And so that's how we do it, you guys. And that's how I want you guys to do it. Um, But opportunities are here. You just have to go out and seek these opportunities. Lorena, I got your text. You said you emailed it. Oh, maybe you did, let me see. Let me see, I'm on my computer. Let's see, yeah, I don't don't see the, um, I don't see your questions. Lorraine maybe you sent it to the wrong email address unless you're saying that you you emailed it to me before um, but if so I'll I'll catch you offline all right so um Jennifer is asking a question what what should your credit score be in order to qualify for these loans I I would say that I I would shoot for um, a 680 um shoot for a 680 on these investor loans, um, at least a 680. A lot of these investors, especially like a, a community lender, um, they do look at your credit score. It does need to be at, at least a 680, but they also look at you know your cash to close. They primarily also look at um, the deal, like a hard money lender um, lends on the basis of the project not on the basis of you as an individual they, they lend on the basis of the deal so if they see that you bought the property right then they're going to lend they'll look at 680 but actually a hard money lender if you're if you're closer to a 600 um and let's say you have um some experience um the dealers right then they'll they'll go ahead and lend to you you know, they, you have um, experienced what they call past performance. So, if you have past performance, um, the, the numbers work in the deal, it's at least 70% of the after repair value minus repair costs. If all those things are in line, then they're not necessarily looking at your credit score. But for the first time, they're going to want to see somewhere, honestly, somewhere around um, a 680 credit score um so try to get your credit score at least there um so that should be your focus anyway anyway try to get it at a 680 or higher but then also save your money and then also get good deals there's good deals all over um good deals all over the place and so let's let's get it let's find good deals and anybody will finance you a lot of lenders will finance you um, if it's a good deal all right any other questions you guys Um, Hopefully that kind of takes us through financing. Um, Next, um, I think Memorial Day weekend. So we might not have a call next Tuesday. Um, Just kind of getting through that whole weekend and that holiday. But definitely um, the following week, I'm probably going to take a deep dive into um, the fixing and flipping. I know a lot of you guys are interested in that. But um, some of the takeaways, you guys. Uh, when you're looking at deals, uh, always consider creative financing. Um, also know that there's gonna be an influx of properties um, that's gonna come available in the next couple months. Be ready. Get yourself ready. At least on the marketing side, uh, get yourself ready for these opportunities. Be an opportunist. And be an opportunist. Uh, opportunist takes advantage of opportunities. So, so put yourself um, in the way of these opportunities. Um, the marketing, what type of marketing are you going to be doing? Because if you don't do anything, you're not going to get nothing. So let's take advantage um, of these opportunities when, when they come up. Let's take advantage of them. Um, any other takeaways? You guys put it, put it in the comments section. Any Any other takeaways that you guys have before we adjourn, or any other questions that I can answer. Oh, DJ is saying he also lived in that building. Wow, what a small world! Um, are the lenders from the boot camp still offering? Yeah. So, um, so call call me offline, um, Quentin, and we'll we'll get you the uh, we'll get you the lenders. We'll get you the lenders. All right. Any any other um, any other. Questions on yeah? Any other questions, comments? Um, any other takeaways? Anything else that you guys might need? Hopefully, um, hopefully, I answered all the questions. Let's see. And so. Yeah, banks or credit unions are looking at 680. Um, l- lending practices are e- easing up a little bit. Last year, this time, you couldn't get an investor loan whatsoever. You know, last April, May, June, July, um, you couldn't get an investor loan. Banks weren't lending because of COVID. Now we're seeing that banks are lending. Um, they're doing no doc loans now. So no doc loans have come back. All you need is a credit score and some documentation, especially if you're a 1099, um, like an entrepreneur. So we we're seeing we're seeing no docs on the purchase side. We're seeing um, 580 credit scores um, on the refinance side. We're seeing interest rates lower. So if you guys missed the first wave. To refinance, now's a good time to refinance. Let me know and I'll give you a credit uh, for using our mortgage company. Um, But yeah, now's a good time to refinance. Um, So it's just a great time to to get money again. Money is back and it's plentiful. Commercial lending says, oh, so Eric is saying commercial lending is saying that he needs 20% down because he doesn't have past performance um, he doesn't have past performance. Okay. And so just FYI, you guys, it's, it's not that difficult getting, um, past performance. You just need your name or your LLC on a, on a settlement statement. And so what I have done with a lot of my students is I'll just say, give me $10,000. I'll give you 10%. And so you're, um, a private lender on the deal and i will put them or their llc on the settlement statement and with you know with the reimbursement and so now they've got you know two cds or huds settlement statements with their name on a settlement statement just showing past performance and so you can do that with me or you can do that with any other investor you can be a private lender at a very, you know, minimal amount of money, um, just to show past performance, and so that would help you out, Eric. And so, so um, commercial lending is saying that you need past performance. Uh, ordinarily, commercial lending you don't have to put down any money, but I guess because you're new to them, they're saying twenty percent down. All right, let me put Sandra's. Um, Question up here: If the existing mortgage is less um, is less than half of the market value, should the property be considered even even with a tenant? So that's a good question. I think you missed that. I think I've kind of already answered that question, Sandra. Um, so if so, if what you're saying is um, you can purchase the property for half the market value if that's what you're saying. You're going to take over the existing mortgage, and the mortgage balance is less than half of the market value. If that's the case, so for example, let's let's say market value is three hundred, um, and you can take over the mortgage at one fifty. I don't know. I probably would definitely consider it. And so I would I would. Suggest talking to the tenants, seeing what their um, intentions are, are. Also, talking to the landlord to see how well the tenants are doing. Are they current on their mortgage? Um, so, if the, if the tenants, Sandra, are current on their, mor- I mean, current on the rent. If they're current on the rent, and you go and inspect the property, you do a walkthrough and see that they're taking care of the property. Um, in that scenario, would I buy? Would I take over a property with $150,000 in equity? Probably yes, especially if it's cash flowing. Um, you know, pretty good. You're getting a really good positive cash flow, and you've got, you know, all that equity. I would definitely consider it, but I would cross every T, dot every I uh, before I did so. I would talk to the tenants. Um, I would inspect the property. I would make sure that they're paying on time, and then with that much equity, and if it's good cash flow, absolutely. I would. I think I would just go ahead and do it. I mean, Gary took a chance, and it worked for him. But I think it's worth it with the equity, with that much equity, in it, I, I do think it's worth it, um, Sandra. All right. Any other questions, you guys? Anything else? Anybody else? You guys excited? You guys excited about the opportunities that are coming our way? But, you know, I was was talking to someone else today about the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule is always 80, I mean, 20% of the people are going to get 80% of the business. That's the 80-20 rule. Your goal is to be part of that 20%, to get 80% of the business. So you can never, ever say that there's no business out here. Well, there is business. um, The 20%ers are getting that business. When I became a real estate agent many years ago, they told me about the 80-20 rule. My only goal at that time was be part of the 20%. And almost from day one, I was part of the 20%. And then I became part of the 1% because I just kept hustling. Um, And so that's what you've got to do. But look, you guys, you guys can do it. Like you're built for this. It's just work. And it's not even hard work. It's just work. But with real estate, and the reason I'm in real estate is because the sky's the limit. You can make money off your real estate commissions, off of wholesaling, fix and flip, buy and hold. you know, the sky's the limit. You can create businesses out of real estate. Sky's the limit, you've got to do it. You guys see a lot of the students here are buying properties, they're winning. You guys can win too, everybody can win. All right, you guys. Um, all right, so thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for being here. Lorraine <clears throat> says she's very excited. Uh, Dana's, Dana is saying, um, uh, what's Dana saying, should I try to change from an LLC to my name on this property? I don't think so. Let, let, let's just talk to the lenders first, Dana. You can change. Um, Ashton Auctions will let you change. But let's let's just talk to the lenders. Let's get comfortable with which lender we want to use. And let's just see what, what they suggest. Let's see what they suggest. All right, you guys, let's go. Let's go. There's opportunity start talking to people post on social media, bandit signs work. There's a lot of things that work, you guys. Pick one or two and be great at it. Let's find properties. All right, you guys, take care. God bless. Good night. You guys know how to find me. Let's all win. That's the name of the game. Let's all win together and let me help you win. Take care. I'll talk to you soon, you guys. Good night.